This week, Apple's locking your phone down, Blizzard's holding your games back, and Facebook's letting your face go. It's Sunday, November 7th, 2021, and this is episode 609 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, or of course, on our website, pluckitslive.com, thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you're not able to join us live, that's okay. Plunkett'slive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, Plunkett's Live Presents, uh, First Looks, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Well, Avram, Techtober has come to an end, uh, though we will be talking about some of the stuff from Techtober. But how has November been treating you so far? Well, a really big, uh, really big review uh, that we put up on the third, or was it the fourth, um, uh, regarding Intel's new uh, Alder Lake CPUs. So that's a pretty major development of November, and uh, we'll talk about that more later. But uh, it's not it's not over, <laughs> and <laughs> and November is a overall busier month for yeah. me. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many more product announcements, major product announcements, we're going to get before the official the holidays, but. Uh, you know, we have to keep track of, uh, we track all the major deals and things like that. So um, that becomes a big part of our November. Uh, I end up working Thanksgiving and the weekend of Thanksgiving and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, it's a very eventful month for me. And then uh, just on a somewhat personal note, uh, tomorrow is my first day back in the office uh, oh. that we are reopening the New York office. So uh, I can't hop out of bed in my pajamas and <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, go downstairs and use my four, uh, my nice four monitor desktop. I got to go into the office. Um, and so I will, um, so I'll be, yeah, be doing that. Uh, that will be somewhat of an adjustment for me, <laughs> but um, right. Uh, uh, otherwise, you know, it, uh, so I expect it to be a very eventful month, both in terms of, uh, just all the things going on with tech, all the deals that people are getting while they're shopping and then all of the, um, you know, just changes to my schedule and life for me, changes to my schedule and right. lifestyle of, uh, after having, you know, work from home for, uh, almost two years. So. Or at right. least 
18 year and a half, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So March of March, 2020. March of 20. Yeah. So beats, beats me as part of the thing though, I am actually figuring out what gear to bring with me into the office because I don't expect okay. them to provide me with like a good keyboard or anything. I always got to bring my own keyboard because if, um, and I'm sure everybody who works for a company is the same thing. Like if they give me a keyboard, it's going to be like a $10 keyboard. So, right. um, so I have this keyboard I've been testing out that is kind of cool that I'm going to bring with me. Uh, this is the Akko L3098. Um, it is a mechanical keyboard that has is both wired and wireless. And Interesting. Um, it does Bluetooth 2.4 gigahertz or, um, or USB. Uh, and it is... What I like about it that's pretty cool is it's very compact, but it still has a number pad. It's a 96% right. keyboard. So it's missing a couple of keys. Like it doesn't have scroll lock and it doesn't have print screen. That one's kind of unfortunate, although you can get yeah. it through a function row. Uh, I like these keycaps. They are um, kind of retro style. They're, they're usually what's called SA keycaps, but these are shorter. They're called ASA keycaps. And uh, I don't know. So I've been testing. I'm going to bring it with me to actually be my uh, keyboard in the office for a while. And very, uh, it's. Uh, and then I've got to bring a mouse with me, wrist rests, right. you know, everything like for my new home. So, so the chat room's got some questions for you. First of all, oh okay, they, they have noticed. Your change of headphones. Uh, we talked about it oh, in the okay. pre-show, but we haven't talked about it in the actual show. Uh, long-time viewers will recognize that your headphones have changed this week. Yes, yes. You might. Yes, I probably should have worn a hat, too, because you can really get the RGB reflecting off of my head. But um, So these. this is a Logitech uh, light, um, G7... What is it? 733 is it yes uh, g733 light speed so uh this is a this is about depending on where you get it, it's about 150 dollar headset it is a it is wireless 2.4 gigahertz so uh easier to set up and probably more responsive than bluetooth although you can't use it with you got to use it with a, a computer because it's not mm -hmm. going to work with your uh, mobile device but uh, what I like about it is, and this is a really simple thing, but the microphone is removable. So when I'm on a show, as I am with you here, and and at least one other time per week with uh, the podcast show that I host, I use a podcast mic over here, uh, which is the the bumblebee, the you know the the bumblebee, but which I like a lot. Uh, the so, USB version of the one that's in front of me. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, no, mine is the cheaper it's, one. It's the, I think but it's, it's the, the caster then. But it's the round, it's the round pickup instead of the big square yes. one. Yes, yeah. you're right. So it's anyway. This, it's the so, same pickup on yours. Yes, and it, I like it a lot. I think I've mentioned it on the show before. I like it a lot. So it's weird that when I was wearing a headset, I had this kind of, you know, conference call looking headset and you can't take off the, you know, the mic. So I don't know. I just, I didn't like the look of that. Uh, and I, uh, had a chance to, uh, get one of these. So, um, actually had it, you know, laying, laying around, uh, you know, one of my colleagues had it laying around so I didn't have to, 
Um, so I'm just kind of using it for now. But anyway, it's uh, I, I like it a lot. It's uh, got RG, you know, I like the RGB, which is cool. Uh, the sound seems to be good. The cups are very comfortable, right? Um, yeah. I don't know how I feel about this little elastic thing at the top. You know, I uh, A lot of people I know use this and really like it. Uh, and it seems really comfortable. And it is more more of a statement than the one that I cheap, <laughs> you know, headset that I had. But the number one thing that I really wanted to get out of it, besides it just being comfortable is being able to remove the mic piece yeah so that's um, nice uh and you know but i do it, it's also nice to be wireless it's very nice to be wireless sure. like and i think a lot of people don't like bluetooth for very good reason it can be it can be unreliable and if you're a gamer or something like that or streamer then the reliability matters a bit more than say when i'm you know, taking my wireless headphones that I wear with me when I'm listening to, when I'm listening to music on my phone. Sure. And the delay on Bluetooth can be uh, variable, which can be annoying. Like I've got a speaker um, at, ho at, at home that I use in my bathroom that like when it's synced up with video, <laughs> the, the audio. Right. It's, it's weird. So for so. something like doing our show here, that would be very bad if yeah. I thought you were, if like I was behind the times or what, you know, but if there was a lag, but you know, for, uh, for listening to music on your phone or whatever, that's fine. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the look of these, what I would really like, and I think someone tried to make one once, once I would love to get headphones where to have headphones where they had an led matrix on the sides. Mm -hmm. uh, I would I feel like that's a project someone could do like, you know, so I could put like a little, whatever is relevant. So I could have like the F5 live logo on it now. And then when I do my raspberry Pi show, I just have like a little raspberry Pi logo on it or whatever yeah, uh, cool. in, in led. So I think that I would love to see someone do that, but short mm -hmm. of that, I don't, Ch know. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys in the chat room think? I'm not sure. I like this band here. I think I might take it off. Uh, Cause you can take the, uh, the elastic part off. We're getting a not really sure uh, what it's there for. We're getting a these look awesome. Always neat when you can remove the mic, things like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, so these are not these are pretty good. You know, for what they are, wireless 150 is really not bad. Um, but uh, and, and also really importantly, I'm very picky about the comfort of, of the cups because I don't of want course. something that's like hot or now I can't say these are new to me, fairly new to me. So I haven't worn them for hours and hours at a time, uh, but they seem, they seem pretty comfortable. And the material is like a, um, uh, it's like, uh, you know, it's a good sort of cloth material. It's not like sweaty or hard plastic like I've had with some others. Yeah. So anyway, it's good. Uh, I like cool. them. Yeah. Uh, and the other question is on that keyboard, can you choose your switches or are they predetermined? Ooh, and that's it? So it's funny. <laughs> I was thinking about, I was thinking about making my pelch point about the keyboard and then we decided to do about something. I decided to do about something else. So uh, this is the Aqua 3098 and it comes with, it's very interesting that you mentioned that somebody mentioned that because there are two switch, it, it is hot swappable, but it comes with two switch, 
uh, possibilities by default. One and both of them are not, in my opinion, not great. So I um, the one of them is silent red linear, which uh, which feels like you're pressing out on cardboard, and then Ooh. the other one is something called jelly white, which is another linear, but at least it's a little bit more tactile. Um, and I've never heard of jelly white before. So I have encountered uh, the them. I actually think the jelly white are for a linear switch are nice. I just don't okay. like linear switches right. uh, personally, but if I had to type on a linear switch, that would be the one, but these, this, this model. So they actually sent me two of these, one with each switch. Uh, so I tested them both and I found that I, the, you know, like I said, I'm not a linear switch person. The other one with the jelly switches was, is okay. These red switches are horrific. So you know, and it's not the fault. This is just, you know, these are the switches that they offer with it. Right. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm taking, I actually was doing it just a few minutes before the show. So that's why I say it's funny you mentioned it is actually, I've been swapping in white, uh, my favorite switch, which is kale box white, uh, switches into here so that I can use so that when I take this to work with me, I'll be actually typing on my favorite switch. Sure. Um, because I like, I really like everything else about this keyboard. Um, now, I do wish that, and this will be in my review when I post it, I do wish that they would offer this with a clicky switch option. Mm -hmm. But hey, you know, it's it's got a lot of other things going for it. Um, for example, I love the fact that it has like two levels of feet. Oh. So, so you can have it at different angles. Um, so, and it's got like all kinds of RGB light effects on it too. Oh, and cool. So, it, so it's it's got a lot going for it. I love the look of it too. Uh, the only thing that I don't like are the switches, but fortunately, if you're willing, if you have other switches or you're willing to buy other switches, it's hot swappable. So that's cool. It's easy enough to to take a few minutes and pop the old ones out and put the new ones in, and then you can have an experience that you really like. That's cool. We should have like a community day where we talk switches because uh, Alante says. I love me some brown or blue switches <laughs> and clicky is definitely better. Yeah. Well, if you like blue, then, then box, uh, kale box white are much better, but we could go, we could have a whole show about that. So that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we've got a lot of news to get down to tonight. So let's get there now. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, desperately seeking a new Xbox, uh, some games, and a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% on almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So obviously a topic that we've discussed a lot is uh, this seemingly ever-changing mobile landscape for, um, for stores uh, and the fact that consumers are more and more interested in an open platform. Um, you know, Epic Games brought this to the forefront uh, about a year ago when they wanted more control over their game. Apple and Google wouldn't give it to them. 
it disappeared from both stores. Um, but Android, because of its ability to sideload, had the ability to install it anyway. Um, iOS, on the other hand, does not have that capability. And to do any kind of sideloading um, requires an enterprise distribution certificate and all kinds of additional nonsense. Uh, so not great. We know that there are some some laws that are being considered the most the most um, high profile is probably the one from the uh, European Commission, the Digital Markets Act, which would force uh, basically Apple and anybody else with an app store, Roku, I mean, everybody to allow sideloading. Again, most platforms already do. Apple is currently one of the oddballs. Um, and so this week, that's a lot of setup. <laughs> to say that this week um, the, uh, the the web, web Summit, the sister uh, event of Collision, went on and one of the speakers uh, was uh, I don't remember how to pronounce his last name Craig Fedrigi from Apple. He's the guy who's in charge of iOS for Apple. Um, he's the kind of he looks like he should be younger than he is guy that speaks at most of the events. Um, he, uh, he went on like a big thing saying how side loading is evil. It is. What was his actual, his actual quote? Side loading is a cyber criminal's best friend and requiring that on the iPhone would be a gold rush for the malware industry. That one provision in the DMA, which he calls out specifically, could force every iPhone user into a landscape of professional con artists constantly trying to fool them. Now, let me tell you why that's crazy. Why that argument doesn't work. Because Android has this capability, right, Abram? But it's not on by default, and there are some hoops that you have to go through to turn it on, and uh, you're muted. And Epic Games uh, put together a whole oh, tutorial sorry. to show people how to do it when they came out of the Play Store. So we often hear, and to be fair, the historical context of this turns out to not be what people use it for, but you often hear that Benjamin Franklin quote about, was it those who would trade... Uh, trade the uh, liberty, liberty for September for safety or something for for safety deserve neither yeah. it actually it turned out it actually turns out that the that the that was actually about needing to have more safety by because they needed uh, some I think the wealthy landowners in Pennsylvania to pay more for the militia but that's but anyway I think there's. I think what people use the quote for is very valid, even though it's probably his, it's historically inaccurate. Which is, <laughs> that is the eternal question in. Right. I mean, it's an eternal question in life, but it's also an eternal question most in computers. Right. We deal. Anyone who's had to deal with a work IT department uh, knows uh, knows what I'm talking about. Where you know maybe you'll get you know. A laptop that's completely locked down and you can't do any you can't install software on it uh -huh. or anything and the, our argument is 
oh, we can't trust you because you might, you know, put a virus. Uh, And, you know, there's always there's always that trade off because there are people out there who don't know what they're doing, will install something bad, will do something bad. And so, you know, the thing that a lot of people have always disliked about Apple, and I'm certainly we've bonded over this, is the infantilization of of the users. Now, sure. I, over the years, now unfortunately, we, I, what we've seen I is... Can't, I can't step on it too hard because there is one sitting here next to me, but yeah. <laughs> there's, there's also an but, Android phone just out of reach. But on the but to be fair, right, I have become less like anti Apple over the years because I see that the industry, I mean, people are mostly not mostly not sideloading anyway on Android. Like honestly, sure. exactly. I haven't sideloaded anything in, in years. There just hasn't been a great reason for me to do so. True. Um so I I get that like for most people, the inability to sideload is not a big deal. Right. But the the end result of it is that you are stifling competition, right? With this, like the inability to, to sideload and up a game store. So, I mean, I think, but his argument makes no sense. Because basically what he's saying is, if people, if we allowed sideloading, then somebody could use this, then somebody who is a who is foolish could enable sideloading, install malware, and then people will have malware. Right. The malware, the everything is malware, everything is a virus, is a great way to assert control over somebody's experience. Right? right. Because sure, anyone can get it. It's possible you can get a virus. It's also possible that lightning can hit you while you're walking outside. Right? <laughs> and it's not to sure. say that it's that it's hard to get that it's as hard to get a virus as getting hit by lightning. But the point is, are you behaving in a responsible manner or not? Right. So like people can get, um, you know, if you get an email that says like, give me your bank account or somebody calls you and says, you're, we're warning you that your car warranty is almost over and you don't have a car. Like the, don't I've been listen to, to reach like, you about your car's extended warranty. Yeah, use some common sense. So, there. So, if sideloading were implemented on an iPhone, I'm sure it would be the same way that it is, or more difficult than it is on Android. Absolutely. It's you would have to do something to enable it. Then you would have to do something to install the the apps. It would not. It would not be easy. And you as the, as the user would have the freedom to decide. So if you decide that you want to install something, then you need to be aware of the risks. Now, unfortunately, we also are living in a world where not only where everything now is designed, is designed to be kind of dumbed down a bit and to, to protect people from themselves. So, uh, you know, you, you also have like, windows for the last since windows 10 has had that what smart screen thing where when you try to Mm -hmm. install apps that it doesn't know about it warns you that we don't know what this app is so it could have a virus like again it used to be the case that we every app was an app that microsoft didn't know about right you didn't need microsoft to know about something and they make you really jump through a hoop under windows because you have to hit like this 
view more information thing and then say, okay, I'm going to install it anyway. And I've had a lot of apps that I like, I wanted to use that. I mean, I was able to do it, but a lot of people probably would have stopped when they got the warning. So, uh, so, you know, I, I think, I think it's really clear what, uh, this guy is trying to do. He's trying to protect Apple's bottom line and Apple's, you know, image as, you know, trying to justify the walled garden. And no, this is, uh, this is not the, I mean, it's the same kind of fear tactic that the government's been trying to use to, uh, convince people that encryption should be breakable, you know? Yeah. Right. Fear, fear works. It's right. Exactly. It's it's not a, it's not a good look. (laughs) For those who know what's actually happening, but, but it works. Right. So, you know, a lot of things are, oh, everything's going to give you a virus. Right. You know, I mean, there are viruses, there are malware. It is a problem. Yeah. So I don't know what an ideal operating system would do under these circumstances. What do you think if you were to build an operating system that was kind of open and fair to all apps from, uh, from the ground up, how would it function? Me personally, yeah, um, it would probably have it would probably have protections on by default, similar to how Android works. It would have protections on by default, but uh, it would allow you to to disable those, um, you know, so that by default, you know, Dad can't click on the on the ads that look like a a dialog box <laughs> and go and download something. But oh. But you and I, if we wanted to, you and I would have the ability to go turn that off, sideload something, install something without having to, without having to, you know, truly fight our way through. Yep. Yep. And, and something that's also a little bit lost in all of this is that when you make it hard for people to sideload, you also make it hard for them to create a limited distribution app that doesn't go through the store. So if you want to make an app for just you and like 10 of your coworkers or you and five of your friends, uh, that's when dealing with stores is the most pain because you have to spend money. Sometimes it has to go through approval just to give it to five people. So, right. So side loading is a real help to develop to small time developers or people who just want to create an app for a limited group. We will talk about this a little bit more. Uh, We're going to talk about a company who currently has side loading and is planning on removing it in the near future, um, which is its own level of annoyance. But for right now, uh, let's see what's happening in the pilch point. Oh, hold on. Before I do that, there we go. This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices, and you can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, so uh, <laughs> we've been talking for the last 
couple of weeks about Techtober, <laughs> there was one particular topic that we discussed that we wanted to talk about that we didn't, uh, that happened that's a big deal, but you guys have a review now, so it's time to talk about it, right? Yes. So Intel is back. They, uh, after years of really falling behind AMD, particularly when it came to desktop performance CPUs, Intel's new Alder Lake chips have come out. They are otherwise known as the 12th generation core series. So if you see the model number uh, with a 12 at the beginning of it, such as Core i9-12900K or Core i5-12600K, that is an Alder Lake chip. And these new chips have some have a couple things that you've never seen before on that you, we've never seen before on any x86 Intel or AMD CPU. First of all, they have two different sets of cores, which is something that we're very familiar with in the ARM world where you have smartphone and tablet CPUs. But here they actually have performance cores and efficiency cores and otherwise known as p cores and e cores so for example the top of the line core i9 12900k has eight performance cores and eight efficiency cores and the and the efficiency cores uh run at 2.4 to 3.9 gigahertz and the performance cores run at 3.2 to 5.2 gigahertz. So you have a higher clock speed and more power consumption on the performance cores and the performance cores are hyper-threaded, which means they can have be doing two things at once, whereas the efficiency cores can only do one thing at a time. Now, why would you, why would you want this? The idea is that the e cores the e cores are saving power that can then be directed to the p cores so power and thermal headroom right because your cpu can only go use so much power and can only go to a certain temperature before it it starts to throttle so the e cores may do something like play a video or manage your antivirus scan or something that is not as not as demanding while your p cores are concentrating on that game that you're playing uh, similarly apparently the e cores can actually be used and i believe they can be used in uh, obs streaming so if you are using obs open broadcast studio the most i think the most popular streaming software certainly one of the most popular uh it, that's optimized for alder lake so it can actually um you know kind of take those cores have them work on that sort of the streaming program the video encoding while you take the the performance cores and let them uh play the game so you can get higher frame rates in a game while you're streaming uh than you while you're streaming it than you could before so that's pretty impressive. Uh, what we found, and so uh, the review embargo on those was was just a few days ago, and our CPU expert 
uh, and Deputy Managing Editor Paul Alcorn spent a lot of time testing the, in particular, the Core i9-12900K and the Core i5-12600K, which are sort of the top of the line and the, and the mid-range. And uh, with the top of the line, the Core i9 goes for about 589 and the uh, Core i5 goes for 289. So um, pretty decent. Uh, the Core i5 is a pretty decent deal. Uh, particularly, you can also get it without integrated graphics, and that is the KF model, and that's about $25 cheaper. So if you have a graphics card, uh, you don't need that. Uh, the other things that are interesting, that are interesting and unique about Alder Lake uh, CPUs is that they are the first to use DDR5 RAM. So you can, um, the motherboards that you have to get with them, which are Z690 chipset motherboards, uh, support either DDR4 or DDR5. Now, DDR5 is way more expensive than DDR4. So, you know, we recommend caution in, in buying it. And there are some restrictions on, like, which DDR5 chips can go in your slot, in, in which slots. And so at this point, it may not may or may not be worth it for you to spend the extra to get DDR5. But, you know, that's another step step up another thing is that alder lake has um as pcie 5 uh connectivity which i'm not sure if there actually is anything right now that uses pcie 5 but you'll be ready for it uh and and of course it will also support pcie 4 ssds um which you know which is something that amd has supported for quite a while so so it is these are extremely fast cpus and they outperform uh they out on gaming they generally outperform the am their amd competitors and they are and they have also outperformed them in many cases on you know, on productivity workloads. Now it, it kind of depends somewhat on the threading because on how many, you know, what type of application you're using. If it's something like a video editor, a high-end video editor or 3D rendering, then you might benefit from some of the AMD chips that have more, more cores uh, in total. But um, it, but in most cases, the Alder Lake chips are, are faster and are absolutely and are generally a better bang for the buck except for the fact that you have the motherboards that you have to get to use them the z690 motherboards are fairly expensive right now um but uh these are using intel's new um, intel 7 process uh which also means that they are using um that they're using a 10 nanometer process finally after doing 14 nanometers which means they can fit more transistors into a smaller space and have get more performance for that so um you know these are these are really uh interesting innovative new cpus that are that have just come out from intel and they've actually required some changes to windows 10 and 11 because they have to have a scheduler built into them 
that actually decides what tasks to give to what core. So, oh, this is a this is a simple task, can go to the E core, give it to the E core. This is a performance task, give it to the P core. Um, so anyway, uh, we have very detailed review of uh, Alder Lake on Tom's hardware. And we also have a face-off between uh, the 12900K and AMD's top two Ryzen's, the Ryzen 9 5950X, uh, which goes for 799 now, and the Ryzen 9 5900X. So um, really uh, impressive catch-up work from Intel, which for years had really been losing market share and mind share, uh, especially among enthusiasts uh, with its desktop chips. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting. So the idea of the performance and the efficiency cores, uh, not in this implementation, but the concept existed in some of the older Atom processors, but the whole processor would shift into which mode it was working on. There was no like, hey, this needs to go this way and this needs to go this way, which is obviously a better idea. The whole system doesn't have to shift. It can take tasks and throw them to, to specific parts I think of the this clock. is the first time that idea. we've... Yes. I think this is the first time, though, that we've seen it on a desktop chip. Yeah. Like, yeah, Adam, sure. I mean, Adam, you generally would use with a mobile device, like a lap, like a low-end laptop or right. a tablet. They were, they were um, specifically the, the, the like, multiple personality chips were uh, created um, in the netbook era. Um, but yeah, it was, there but it was all... literally like multiple personalities. Am I going to be, am I going to be Bruce Banner or, I, or am I going to be the Hulk? It was not like you could feed stuff <laughs> to both sides, which was an interesting idea, but obviously not great for a device that you're actually using, right? Like what we're using here in the studio, that that wouldn't do anything because this computer would never switch into the efficiency cores. But in this case, it could, you know, even our system could throw background stuff, chat and stuff off to the to the efficiency cores while doing the actual show on the performance cores. Right. In, in past, this is, and, and when you see this used on a phone or whatever, it's really used for battery life purposes. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, let's try and save power for battery life. When you are using a desktop, generally speaking, most people using a desktop don't care about how much electricity they're using. Mm -hmm. um, they are, they don't, they don't have a battery to worry about and they're probably not working out the dollars and cents of if they use just a few watts less, um, you know, what their electric bill will be, especially if they're PC gamers. But so what matters to them is where is not how much power am I using overall, but am I able to like really make the most, uh, get the best performance out of my chip? So this is coming at the perform at this is using two different kinds of cores for performance benefits more so than for power savings. I mean, they're obviously saving, becoming more power efficient by doing it, but then that also allows you to take that, that um, TDP, that heat and that power and direct it toward uh, the performance cores. Because what you have by contrast, so 
for example, the, the top of the line here is of Alder Lake is the Core i9-12900K, and it has eight performance cores and eight efficiency cores. So 16 cores in total and uh, 24 threads because the performance cores get two threads and the efficiency cores get one. But so compare that to, for example, um, the Ryzen 9 5950X, AMD's top of the line. AMD's top of the line has more cores, actually has, it has more, basically it has 16 full performance cores and 30, each of which has two threads. So they're 32 threads. But all of those are using the same amount of power. So if you're doing something like you're playing a game, most games only use for the game itself one or two or three cores. They're not using, you know, all the cores. They just haven't been designed that way. So to use those cores. So why not take the other, use the efficiency cores to handle the other stuff that's going on in your computer, like your Discord chat, and really take the, the thermal and power budget and throw it at the game. Right. Yeah, makes sense. This this is cool. And you said you've already got reviews up, right? Oh, yes. So we've got a very detailed review, which I couldn't Excellent. even touch the amount of detail in our talk <laughs> here uh, on on TomTardware.com. Plus, we also have a face-off that directly compares the, the two top Ryzen chips to the Core i9-12900K. Uh, so uh, check, check out the review. Check out the face-off. Uh, there's definitely a lot of cool stuff about Alder Lake, uh, and it does not. You do not necessarily have to buy top of the line to get a great perform to get a great chip, because the Core i5 12600K, uh, which is only 289, is uh, you know giving you also a really you know really good experience. Very cool. Well, definitely appreciate this. I'm glad we waited for the review to be complete to, uh, to do this topic because wow, that's a lot of information and I'm, I'm actually stoked about an Intel processor again. And that's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there's actually some innovation here. It's not just like right. a little bit faster than the last gen, a little bit more transistors. They went to a different production process and they have two different right. types of cores. Yeah. Very cool. Totally different. Uh, very excited. And, uh, you know, next time we do an upgrade, Intel could be on the menu. <laughs> so, as always, Avram, thank you for the information, and I look forward to what we talk about next time. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Loot Crate. Whether you're a gamer, anime fan, or pop culture aficionado, Loot Crate has got a crate for you. They curate a bundle of collectibles, apparel, figures, and more that you can't find anywhere else. The crates get delivered to your door. It is like getting an awesome birthday present from yourself every month. You can learn more about the crates that are available and the deals that are going on by going to f5live.tv slash loot crate.
Um, one topic that we've not touched on um, for various reasons, but we're about to, uh, has been the trouble over at Blizzard. Uh, if you haven't been following along with what's been going on over there, um, some pretty heavy sexual uh, assault uh, complaints have been made, definitely sexual harassment complaints against a number of people uh, in the upper echelon of, of Blizzard. If the upper echelon weren't involved, they were aware of what was going on. There have been staff departures, including executives. Um, and this week, some unfortunate news uh, for gamers came about. Obviously, Activision Blizzard has its mess to deal with um, on, the, on the legal and cultural side. But um, on the consumer side, from what we see outside, um, they made the announcement that their two big franchises that were expected with releases in 2022, Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4, have been delayed. Um, they have said, they said on a, an investor call this week that they will not hit their 2022 deadline. Um, does that mean 2023? Ooh, they didn't say that. So as of right now, there is no publicly available launch window, um, which is unfortunate, but again, internally, this brand is a mess. And obviously a delayed game is kind of the least of their problems right now, but when you combine it with with the, the, the delayed games, you know, it, it really creates a blizzard that is in trouble. They've, they've also said that uh, BlizzCon 2022 is not happening. Um, so, I mean, this is a brand that's in trouble for good reason, so, but it's a brand in trouble. So, well, that's an interesting, I think it raises an interesting question, which is, is the brand in trouble because they have some, obviously have some bad people and a bad culture, culture problems there. Or are they in trouble because, because like a lot of brands, they're somehow struggling with delays that I'm not sure why they're delays, but they're, this is hardly the only game to have been delayed. seems like sure. almost every AAA title gets delayed and I'm not, and delays happened even before COVID. So I'm not really, mm -hmm. you know, I guess it's just really hard to count to, to hit deadlines with a game these days. True. Um, but they're, they're in trouble for both. They're certainly not mutually exclusive. Um, in this particular case, A, almost certainly led to B. Um, I mean, Blizzard's not known for giving hard release dates um, until they're ready to, uh, which is why a release window of 2022 is all we, all we knew for these games. Um, but, you know, they set themselves a schedule. You can look... Look back at World of Warcraft and uh, and uh, sorry comment that I I kind of agree with um, uh, you know with World of Warcraft they set themselves a schedule every six months to for a while they were coming out with a with a DLC and they were for the most part they were hitting them kind of right on the head um, so 
And this is kind of the only thing that's happening inside of Blizzard right now is these two games. So everything getting pushed back is not great. Um, in the in the chat, Alante said, willing to bet these games never release. I am not going to disagree with that. I don't necessarily know your re- your reasoning for it, Alante. But uh, I know my reasoning is that Blizzard as a corporation is in trouble. There, there have been rumblings in the industry that they may not even get to keep their name um and that blizzard as a whole might end up going the way of maxis um and get get blown into activision uh the way maxis got blown into ea um to to get away from the blizzard name it's not great um, Alante says, I'd bet a fortune I don't have on it. Me too. I have, I have, a I think the games will come out of these though. titles. Why not? I mean, because don't you think that the, you, we just said that these are really popular franchises. So if somebody owns the IP, even if Activision were to decide to close Blizzard down as an entity, yeah. wouldn't Activision they want would to come own. out with these games? Yeah. My, my guess is, that something called Overwatch 2 and something called uh, Diablo 4 would release, but my guess is it won't be these games. Um, we, we don't know what these are right now, so how will we ever know? <laughs> right. We externally may not know um, because these were announced in 2019 for a 2022 release um, with very little information. We've seen some non-gameplay graphics and stuff, but yeah. The games that are in development now, I have a feeling won't see the light of day. This is not, and this is an important uh, uh, disclaimer. This is not based on any insider information. Nobody has told me anything. Um, Just based on rumblings in the industry. um, I have a feeling there are going to be some big shakeups before this stuff happens. And like uh, there was a, there was an EA title I don't remember what it was that that was under development for like a decade and there were four different versions of it and <laughs> we never saw the first three, but neither did anybody else. Um, I have a feeling that that's what will happen here. All the work that's been done will be taken away from Blizzard. Blizzard is probably short-lived. That's just yeah. my guess. But it delays used to be... just a... It used to be the brand to work for, and now it is almost a stain on your resume. <laughs> Delays seem to be common, though. I mean, we've seen, for example, sure. uh, my my most uh, unfavorite delay is the there have been no new Lego games in like three or four years, and yeah. there was supposed to be Lego. The Skywalker Saga was supposed to have come out two years ago, I think. By the time it actually comes out, all the technology in Star Wars will not be sci-fi anymore. It'll just be regular, you know. <laughs> we'll be flying around and we'll be flying around in X-wing fighters, and they'll get the game. And it'll be like this is just like what we're doing now, be- uh, because that's that's how long they've taken to make it. And yeah. but this seems to be a common thing. So yeah, it's certainly becoming more and more common in the industry for sure. Um, but and and seeing games completely scrapped and started over is not uncommon in the industry. Um, I don't know how far into these games they are. Um, I know that 
one in particular is far enough that it's it's playable in pieces. Um, but I don't know. I I have a feeling there's going to be a huge shakeup in this division in the next three to six months. We're they're already losing one of their one of their co-leaders. Um, that was another announcement that was made. Um, uh, Jen O'Neill is leaving her position of co-leader and leaving the company, which will leave just Mike uh, Ibarra as the head of the company. Um, uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stink on this brand, you know. Any company that has to change a character's name in a video game because it's attached to somebody who was fully aware of something called the Cosby room inside the company is not great. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're a mess. Maybe they'll figure it out, but I have a feeling the name Blizzard is not long for this earth and it might be for the best. It's unfortunate. I mean, Warcraft, Starcraft, you know, Overwatch, Diablo, some of the, some of the biggest names, in gaming, going back decades in some of these cases, you know, Warcraft, Starcraft, and Diablo are decades old. Um, but this this might be a little bit like when um, when the founders of of um, Call of Duty got into it with Activision and they left and the game went weird. That might be what they ditched everything that was in progress under the Call of Duty franchise and started it over. I have a feeling that we'll see something closer to that. It is Activision again, after all. But again, I will remind people this is basic. This is complete conjecture. It's not based on any inside information. Just, just a lot of time in the industry. This week's news from the Tubes and F5 Live is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, and it uh, covers worms, rootkits, exploits, bots, and a lot more. You can use your computer and mobile device with confidence and peace of mind. And to learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash Malwarebytes. Ah, uh, facial identification. Everybody's favorite technology? Nope. The opposite of that. Uh, it's a technology that has faced a lot of backlash in recent years. Uh, Abram, you and I have talked about uh, Clearview AI, a company that was uh, providing facial identification for law enforcement who got hacked, which was not great. Um, but... Facebook has been using facial identification for a long time. In fact, um, their auto-tagging feature launched 11 years ago, which is crazy to think. Um, in that time, they have cataloged facial biometric data on over a billion individuals. Um, and they use it publicly. They use it um, to, uh, when you upload a photo, it says, hey, that might be Avram in that picture, is it? And then you can say yes, and then it'll tag Avram in the photo. Um, we don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. It's Facebook. 
Meta. It's a company that we don't necessarily trust these days. Um, but that's what we see it being used for publicly. Um, both Facebook and facial identification have have a bad public image right now. And the solution that Meta has come up with is to discontinue the auto-tagging feature and delete all the data on a billion individuals. Um, I'm, I'm good with this move. I don't entirely know what their, what their uh, end goal is here. Obviously, they've been get, there's been a lot of extra scrutiny on Facebook lately. There's been a lot of extra scrutiny on facial identification. Maybe they're trying to get out of it before laws get passed <laughs> regulating it. I don't know. What do you think, Abram? Yeah, I always found that feature creepy. Yeah. I always I found that feature very, very creepy. I so... hated it in particular when it was brand new before they put safety features in place, which is how all Facebook features launch. Um, I was getting tagged in photos from people I didn't know because they took a picture at like CES or, or a convention or something, and I'm in the background, and Facebook's like, hey, that's Scott. Let's tag him. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. That, that is, yeah, that's creepy. Um, I think I recall that happening once to me or, or me seeing that in a picture that I took where it's a stranger in the background. That, mm -hmm. Yeah, that that is super creepy. Uh, but it's interesting because the Facebook is certainly not alone in, in having this technology. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't necessarily trust it just because they took away they take away the front, um, they take away the public facing version of this, that they're not doing it behind the scenes and storing sure. that data. They, yeah, they may they say that they're said, taking it away. They have said that they've deleted all billion people. Now, you know, they've said lots of things. There's a whole, there's a whole category of fact checks just on Zuckerberg's congressional answers, but... Right. So interestingly, uh, and I guess you could call this like a good thing, but again, it's, it, it was, it's creepy, but it could be useful. I, I was going through my phone pictures in Google photos, the mm -hmm. photos app that it comes preloaded in Android, uh, with my, with my two-year-old daughter, uh, letting her page through them and like see pictures of herself and whatever, and pictures of the family. And, you know, she and it shows up like people in this photo and it showed her face mm -hmm. and and like she tapped on her face and we look at it. It's like unnamed person because I haven't, uh -huh. you know, I haven't put her name in there, but it knew all of the photos that she was in. So yep. it could tell consistently from, you know, one photo to the next that this was the same person. Yep. So it uh, seems a lot like the same technology. Windows Photos uh, and Windows 11 does it too. Yeah. So again, like, okay, it wasn't, as far as I know, it's not being shared across a network, especially because right. Google has no social network. But, you know, if I no, put a name got, in there, then Google has it. They've right? got a pretty, a pretty strong, uh, database of metadata right external i mean 
right? I, I mean, those are photos that I haven't op uploaded to the cloud, but I don't know if they are somehow storing the meta in the cloud or whatever. Right. right. So, so again, like they can easily identify the fact that she's been in all these all these different photos. What I didn't mm -hmm. go through and check, and I actually should because I'd be really curious, is whether it um is whether it can whether it flags her baby picture. Like she's two years old now. So she looks quite different than she did when she was say three months old. Um you know, I would be really curious if although I don't think I have all of the all her oldest pictures on this phone. So um i mean locally on on the phone or somewhere in the cloud so but it would be interesting to me to know if you know how smart it was in terms of children like being able to see like oh this kid was like look way different when they were like you know one year old than when they were two and a half or whatever can it is it still flagging them as being the same person right that's that's actually an interesting experiment to run. Obviously, um, children change significantly in their early years. Or, but or take but that biometric data. That biometric data might be enough. Yeah. So who who knows? Like I don't know how you know facial recognition accounts for aging and things like that. But right. um, it's creepy, right? Like mm -hmm. it was interesting that you could tap and like, oh look, these are all the pictures with her in it, but the convenience and the creepiness kind of bump up against each other. Indeed they do. Anyway, my point was that Facebook is not at all alone in having technology that can do right. that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we've talked about Clearview AI. Microsoft uh, had invested in a company called AnyVision, which they divested from. And yet now Microsoft Photos on Windows 11 has that same feature. Maybe the difference is that they're not storing that metadata off device. I don't know. But, you know, Microsoft was pretty excited about <laughs> not not being involved in that company anymore. And, you know, Amazon Web Services has got, has got an API for it. I think Azure has an API for it. I mean, it's it's not a complicated technology today. So... The way Facebook was using it, <laughs> I didn't like for sure, because obviously for sure that was public access kind of information, right? Because it's tagging people automatically across all kinds of stuff. You know, I'm tagged in, if you go back to like Supercon 2010 or, uh, or Miami Comic Con Wizard World, um, I, I can find real quick in my tagged photos <laughs> photos from people I do not know um, that were automatically tagged uh, that was not a great implementation of it for sure you know if it's living on device if it's you know Google photos or Microsoft photos or whatever and it's staying on device okay I'm I don't quite have the same problem with it but you know the fact that every photo being uploaded to Facebook is going is Scott in this oh and being so accurate about it, didn't like it. <laughs> Glad that feature's gone, though I would like some sort of proof that what they said they're doing, they're actually doing. Because as I said, 
Nobody trusts Facebook right now or Meta or however you want to look at them. Maybe people trust Meta, but not Facebook itself. I don't know. Uh, but it's it's certainly not a brand with great uh, uh, customer feelings. They're getting up there with Comcast and EA at this point for for people disliking them. So I don't know. I'd like some proof that what they said they're doing, they're doing. But I do like that that feature in particular will be no more. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is probably powered by Amazon Prime. We all know you get uh, free shipping, but you may not know that you get a whole lot more free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV movies and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free video games, and a free subscription on Twitch that you can use to financially support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming and a whole lot more. We've got quick links to these features and a couple of more, some of our favorites, um, as well as a 30-day free trial if you're not already a subscriber. And all of that is available by going to f5live.tv slash prime. Now, I teased this at the beginning, uh, that there was a company that had side loading that soon will not. And that company, I actually already mentioned, is Roku. Um, Roku has had side loading for the purpose that we started to discuss at the top of the show, uh, which is for uh, developers to be able to deploy um, to uh, test devices to allow you know, a certain subset of their users to test a new version of the application without having to, you know, build and deploy to a store and go through the upgrade process and all that. They could do it just from a link, install on the device and move on. Really great feature as a developer. I definitely appreciate that they went to this trouble to make this possible because on iOS, it's not easy. On Android, it's easier, but not great. On iOS, you've got to have an enterprise distribution certificate, and the best way to do it is through you know a product like App Center, um, where you can deploy uh, from the side. But uh, what happened with Roku was it wasn't being used entirely by developers, but instead by content creators whose content would not be allowed on the platform. Most notably, adult content. Um, Roku does not allow explicit content um, in any of their apps. And so sites were just creating Roku apps and allowing you to sideload them. Roku has decided no more of this. Um, and so they have created a beta channel similar to the Android beta channel or test flight on iOS. Um, and you will have to deploy test apps that way. A couple of problems. The first is that means that you have to know, you know, intimately know your testers because you've got to get them into the test system. But the big problem is you can only have 10 testers. Uh, that's not great. Uh, iOS, depending on your app, can have a scale of, of testers, App Center, you could do as many as you want. But this is 10 testers. I have more than 10 testers on a private 
you know, app distribution that I'm doing. You know, all your developers are probably going to want to be able to deploy this way. Your internal test team is going to want to deploy this way. You're going to want to be able to send it out to external users who are going to use it different than, than the developers and the testers are going to. 10 is not going to work. Yeah, that, that seems ridiculous. The other thing that I was reading about with this, which is uh, I really hadn't thought about before, even though I, I actually have a whole bunch of Roku boxes in my house mm. and I use Roku every day, is that there, there are some side loadable applications that apparently are not illicit that people do like. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. I'm a little surprised to read about this, but there's one called the Wilderness Channel that has uh, nature stuff. Mm -hmm. There's one called Nowhere TV, which has podcasts on it. There's one called really? iTunes Podcasts that gets podcasts from iTunes. And then there's one called Roku Movies, which is apparently features streaming of public domain movies. Now, what I don't understand is why these channels would have not qualified for Roku the regular way. Do they have to spend a lot of money? Like, what does it take... To get onto the Roku store? Great question. Uh, this is a topic that we've actually discussed on GNC Week in Review a couple of times because the, the long and arduous process for HBO Max to finally show up on Roku devices was one that we were tracking on that show. Um, so Roku decided in its early days, Roku was kind of like Android. You submitted, you ended up in the channel store, and we moved on with our day. At some point, Roku decided that they wanted a piece of the action. And so, more like iOS, they have become. Uh, and so, they actually, and in fact, more so, more like cable, they have become. In that they negotiate uh, revenue sharing with every channel uh, that has any sort of paid content um, in a really annoying way. So in the time that HBO Max was fighting with Roku, I could have written, deployed, and moved on uh, a Plug Hits Live app because they wouldn't have cared because we don't, we don't charge our users, right? All of our content's 100% free. Um, so the I'm looking at a list right now of... Uh, Interestingly, the list is from PureVPN. <laughs> I didn't realize it until just this second. Um, it's 22 best hidden Roku channels you should add right now, which is fascinating. Um, but yeah, I don't know why these in particular might be might be stopped. It might be because they don't want to go through that that uh, revenue sharing process, and they found that. You know, not fighting with Roku and just allowing it sideload was going to be better for their customers. I don't know. Hmm. It's, I mean, I, it's, it's just an interesting question because obviously something, if it's just like a free nature channel, is Roku being a pain about approving stuff or because no matter what they say, some, some stores are really difficult to work with. So it may be that these small time channels found it was too difficult to work with too difficult to work with Roku. So from what I'm seeing here, these 22 that I'm looking at are actually available in the store, but they're not, they're not listed. You have to have an access code. 
So like yeah, well, the that's... space, yeah. the space opera channel, nowhere TV, iTunes podcasts, uh, wilderness channel. Uh, looks like oh, those are all access. the ones I'm seeing. If you have an access uh, code FL eight two one zero nine, you can install the wilderness channel. Um, so, uh, so that's not really side loading. I no, guess if it's uh, hidden in can, the store, you can literally just have a link and have it install very similar to how Android works. Um, uh, so, which is which is a cool capability that we're about to. So lose, really, they're but... they're kind of cheating. It's Who's not really side loaded. I mean, not the, whoever's not writing these. an article about side loading these is is cheating because it's not really side loading. It's finding a hidden, unlisted app. Right. Right. Now, why is it unlisted? That's a whole other conversation. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's that's a good question. It's but, it's possible that that that's the that that's the agreement is that uh, without. Without revenue sharing, you can't be listed, but you can be in the store. But illicit content can't be in the store at all. I don't know. I'm going to have to yeah. dive into this a little bit more because it's definitely interesting. Because um, there's some interesting stuff in here. Pro guitar lessons. Silent movies. Something called Food Matters TV. Definitely interested in finding out what that is. But... You know, if this if this um, uh, East uh, European Commission thing, the DMA, the Digital Markets Act, goes through, then Roku's going to have to roll this decision right back, which I find really interesting. With with this thing on the horizon, that now is the time that they would challenge people. You know what I mean? That you would implement this now, with the with the DMA on the horizon, just seems like bad timing to me. But mm, or they're trying to get some of these companies on board with them. Be. And and we don't know whether DMA would affect other markets. Oh, could true, they true. I'm, right? I mean, couldn't they very easily block side loading in the US, but sure, but allow it in in the EU? And couldn't Apple do the same with the with iTunes? Yeah, for sure. That would that would totally be a possibility. Um, we don't with iOS in particular. We don't see a whole lot of that. Uh, they have fought that concept pretty hard right down to. Um, there's some in Germany. I think there's some set of apps that are required to be installed on devices by the government. I can't remember what it is. Um, some like three or four apps, uh, and Apple said no, uh, <laughs> and they came to some agreement that you know the App Store can launch at startup or something, but that they would not pre-install these apps. They weren't going to create a different, uh, you know, app, uh, you know, new user out of box experience to use Microsoft's terminology, the OOBE. Um, they weren't going to create a unique one for Germany. They said no. <laughs> so I don't know. They've they have really resisted the idea of having having a custom build for for certain areas. So it would be interesting to see how Apple responds to this. Obviously, Apple has responded very negatively just to the concept so far. Um, and Roku 
is going so far as basically to thump chest <laughs> with the EU on this, uh, announcing that they're going to implement this just before uh, the DMA possibly takes goes into law. So I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a, a saber rattle of sorts to to show the EU that they're not interested in this. I don't know. It's definitely interesting. There's a lot of people unhappy about this for so many reasons. The 10 users on the beta channel alone is enough reason for people to be upset about this because as a developer, I would be. So, I don't know. But that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live as our, as our listeners and viewers can obviously hear. We've had uh, some activity in the chat room tonight, which we always appreciate. If you didn't join us live and would like to in the future, so you can see all the reasons why uh, the final version of this has cuts in it, uh, you can join us Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to f5live.tv slash join us. Um, there you'll see uh, the live show. You can chat with us, uh, you know, give your impact on the topics. We, we appreciate that. If you can't join us live, that's okay. Plugkitslive.com slash subscribe is the place to find this show and all of our other ones and all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along, whether you're on one of the podcatchers or Twitch or YouTube or Facebook or wherever you want to join us. Probably we're there. If we're not, let us know. Uh, we'll try and figure out how to get our show onto that platform uh, with you. Uh, we've got a couple of things coming up. The first is we've got some YouTube tiers that uh, that will be coming. We've got some unique content um, that will eventually be behind that. In particular, during CES, uh, we are going to publish the edited but unpublishable versions of all of our interviews, basically as they happen um, on YouTube, and then only our paid subscribers will get that until they publish. So uh, that should hopefully be launching in the next couple of days. Uh, we've also got something interesting. Alante and I are doing something this week, possibly some of the other staff members, in one of our uh, Plunkets Live Unplugged live events. Uh, we are going to blind react to gift guides from other publications. No, Don't worry, Ava, you will not be one of them. <laughs> um, we don't really have a gift guide, so it's okay. Okay, perfect. We don't really um, have a gift guide right now. Maybe we should, but we don't. So. But we're going to be blind reacting to other people's gift guides. Uh, I was doing it with my marketing team uh, on Wednesday. When, and when can when can we look forward to seeing this? I can't wait. It will be... Uh, Alante is already laughing. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be um, probably in the next couple of days in the evening. Uh, Twitch and YouTube will be the place that you'll want to be to follow that so definitely join us over there youtube.com slash uh, slash live or twitch.tv slash it's gonna be a lot of fun um i can't wait i was doing it a little bit with the marketing team on wednesday and we were having a blast with it alante and i are gonna have so much fun i cannot wait uh so that'll be fun uh definitely check that out and i guess with that on behalf of the staff that's not here i'm scott i'm avram and we'll see you back next time. Ciao.